All right, uh, welcome back into the Plank Show. We're going we're gonna to listen to a little bit of Joey McGuire here. But before we do, Josh, uh, we, we sat and listened to Brent Venables. There was, there was one thing that jumped out to me right away. 244 starts among the 15 transfers. So, and, and obviously that was a talking point. Brent Venables brought that up in his interview with ESPNU, and he brought it up on the dais whenever he was meeting with the media. If your question, concern, and issue is, oh, man, what are they going to do? Where's the experience at? Then, lo, lo and behold, Josh, you're, you're putting yourself in a really good spot with that kind of group of, of returning starters, or, or at least players that are coming to your program with those with those amount of starts. Well, and he kind of answered the question that you and I had kicked around earlier or I had suggested. We know Dylan Gabriel, right? Obviously, you're bringing in a transfer starting quarterback. But beyond that, the Jonah Laulas of the world, the Jeffrey Johnsons of the world, uh, Trey Morrison in the defensive backfield, on and on and on. We can go up and down. McCade Mattire. How much do you see these transfer additions delivering starter-type contributions for you? I think we got a pretty clear indication from Brent Venables that's going to be a big part of Oklahoma in 2022. Agreed. You want to hear a little John McGuire opening statement here real quick? Let's hear from the Texas Tech head coach. Representative for uh, Champions for Life, Tony Bradford Jr. He'd be mad at me if I didn't say the North Shore. Um, he plays defensive tackle. He is also a uh, college graduate and has started his master's. So really proud of these guys and can't wait to August and report and uh, get going. So with that, uh, I'll open up to any questions. Okay, Coach, we're going to go left side about three-quarters of the way back. See so you raising your hand right there. Again, give us the name and your affiliation, please. Hey, Coach. Ross Lovelace, allsooners.com. Um, I was just asking if you could talk about your offensive coordinator and kind of where that offensive identity will lie this year. Um, I know he brings a lot of uh, passing experience right. in the air raid and just kind of uh, talk about what that new identity will look like this year. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, whenever I talk to him, the one thing about Kitley is, you know, he'll say we have air, air raid com- uh concepts but we're not a true air raid where i fell in love with him uh you know we've been talking a lot over the last couple years but in the interview he said coach i'm going to find our best 11 players i'm going to get them on the field and we're going to score a lot of points he said you know whenever i was at western kentucky it's our best 11 we had four really good receivers you know at texas tech we have three really good tight ends and so it's going to look a little bit different. Um, one thing about me, I'm a defensive coach, so we're going to play complementary football. Uh, but at the end of the day, you got to score one more point than your opponent to win the game, and he's going to figure out how to do that. Uh, really excited, man. One of the brightest young coaches in the country. Go right in front here, Coach. Second row, right in front of us, left side. Uh, Brandon Drum, uh, 247 Sports, com. Can you talk about, you, you obviously came up through the high school ranks in the state of Texas. What that meant for you, uh, your time at Baylor, and then obviously now being the head coach of Texas Tech. What your time as a high school head football coach in Texas uh, has allowed you to do as far as recruiting and all that type of stuff? Well, the one thing I always say, and, and I believe this, it's not just a little slogan, but I'm a high school coach who gets to coach college football. My DNA is a high school coach. 
Um, and for the guys that have never coached high school football, line up against Lee Wigington or uh, Eddie Peach whenever he was alive and, and see what kind of coaches those guys are. And uh, what it, what's allowed me to do is, you know, I was part of, part of the Texas High School Coaches Association's Board of Directors. Um, was able to make great contacts. And I think the Texas high school coaches understand what we say we're going to do, that they can trust us to take care of their players. And whenever you can walk into a high school or walk into a house and the head coach knows, hey, this guy's what he's all about, what he says, what he's going to do, it makes a huge impact on those guys. And I think it showed in the recruiting class that we signed and in the group that we're recruiting right now. All right, we're going to go over here. And after he gets done answering the question, uh, the fourth row, raise your hand again, right there. And then after that, right there. There, see, I'm going to get everybody in, I promise. I'm American Airlines. Uh, where are we going? Right there. Gabriel Trevino with the Ocali. Does bringing in Zach Kidley kind of counter these improving defenses that we've seen in the Big 12 in recent years? Well, I think, uh, man, that's a, that is a great question uh, because the Big 12 is not the Big 12 of five years ago. Um, you look at what Iowa State has done running the football and 12 and 13 personnel, what Baylor did last year and 11 and 12 personnel. Um, and, and so I think it's different. I think it gives us a unique uh, look. It gives us a true identity on offense, um, and, and it's going to uh, strain some people. I think uh, Coach Kitley and our offensive staff have a great um, identity. I think they have a great uh, look of what this is what we're going to look like. And so, um, you know, you got to score points to win football games, and that's what we're going to try to do in West Texas. All right, we're going to go uh, right down the middle, Coach, about three-quarters of the way back. Hey, hey, Coach, Austin Flanagan, ESPN Chicago. Since you've been announced head coach, your recruiting has gone up and you just announced the current expansion to your current facilities. How pivotal has the fan base, administration, boosters, all that been to your off-season success? I mean, have you ever been to a basketball game in West Texas? You know, I mean, of course, I was after football. So we go 18-0 in basketball, and, and we're bringing in junior days, and it's uh, Mississippi State, and we're playing in front of 15,000 people. And so it's really easy to see and show recruits this is who we are, and this is our fan base. You know, my daughter's a Red Raider, and I thought I knew what the alumni and, and the fans you know, I felt their passion. I thought I did until I became the head coach. And I've never seen anything like it. The love for that university is absolutely incredible. And we're using it like crazy whenever it comes to recruiting. And then whenever you talk about a brand new facility, I think it's going to be the best in the country. It's going to be very unique. It's going to tie four fields together um, that you could just walk across the sky bridge and be in, you know, in the indoor or be on the game field. So it, it's a, a really big deal for us, and I think it's a game changer. So I'm curious, Josh, why, why do you think so many Sooner entities had questions of Texas Tech? I like it. I think that's cool. But I think every question was asked by a representative of an Oklahoma media industry. Was that weird to you? 
of Joey McGuire? Yeah, I don't know. No Texas Tech uh, folks there, or OU <laughs> folks just getting the mic. They, we did have the ESPN Chicago guy. Ah, yes, I'm right sorry. there at I'm the sorry. end. But no, you're right. That that was kind of interesting. Can we go back to one thing? Who asked the second question of Brent Venables? Who I've never heard of that guy before. It's like whenever someone is verified that I've never heard of before in my life, and I can't get the blue check. Hello, Coach. K-I-N-D. Curious about your uh, curious about your coaching philosophy. I mean, if you're an Oklahoma City radio guy, Coach Venables has talked about his coaching philosophy, and it's an awesome. It's awesome to hear it. I could hear it a thousand times. But what was that? Well, what, and what, what was that? Why OU? Right? We, we've right. gotten that. We, yeah. We've gotten that. But hey, we knew we we knew that was going to happen somewhere. Uh, it just makes it sting when you only get you know five questions. Unbelievable. Okay. Um. So listen, we got a lot to unpack. We still owe you our Newcastle Casino top five stories today, though. We may kind of breeze through that with all the conversations about Oklahoma and and where where we are in 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 prepping for you know, covering fall practices as as a station. And then, of course, where this program appears to be. I didn't get my question asked, but did you sense in some ways he did he did allude to the fact that there's still a lot of work to be done? I, if you thought that everything was installed after the spring and they're ready to go, I, I didn't get that sense, right? They got a lot of guys that are eager to learn. And, and you're right, I shouldn't, right? It's not going to be automatic like that, but – I mean, I I get the sense that there is still a lot of that work to be done. Yeah, and that's to be expected. To be expected, you got a brand new offensive coordinator defensively, you know, very different, whole new look over there too. So there's only so much you can get done throughout the spring. But I do think just even dating back to spring football in the comments that Brent Venables uh, made during the spring – that he feels right. really good about Dylan Gabriel and the type of commitment that he's had and the ownership that he's taken in just that, learning the offense, installing the offense, getting his teammates up to speed within the offense. So are they 100% of the way there? Absolutely not. But I no. do think they got a nice head start throughout the spring. It's good stuff, man. I could listen to him talk all day. I really could. So we'll start searching through what we've heard from some of the guys. I I will say, uh, guys that I truly enjoy talking to, you're getting you're getting a couple of them here today, right? You're getting Woody Washington. Uh, you're getting Dylan Gabriel. But, man, I am – ah, Tiger just missed a bogey putt. I, I am so excited to hear Ethan Downs today. I went back through it. We wrote a piece – to preview the 2022 college football season for our August edition of Boyd Street. And I went back and listened to a lot of Ethan Downs' press conferences and, and some of his media settings he's done. And he's he's an impressive young man. So I'm excited to see him get this opportunity. And I know it's it's been talked about a lot, and I know you probably are, are maybe tired of having it crammed down your throat, but I think it says a lot, Josh, that he is here today in this moment. I think it says a lot about what his role potentially will be. And then in that, you know, even Brent Venables alluded to it. I think he was I think he was asked a leadership question, right? He was asked a leadership question. He goes, Well, I got, you know, 
got guys here today that have stepped up and taken on that role in a in a big way. So I I think when you hear that and you see that one of those guys is you know Ethan Downs, that's that's pretty exciting for his for a his potential role with this program, but B, when you think about the steps that he's made to improve uh, overall as a football player. I thought it was cool, too, that Brent Venables didn't really want to single anybody out, right? Exactly. Good that, point. That was neat that uh, he took that approach because a lot of times coaches will wax uh, about the players that they brought to Big 12 media days, SEC media days, Pac-12, you know, you name it. You get it. And while he was quick to say, look, we've got five great leaders that we've brought with us, it's not really fair for me to sit up here and say that Dylan Gabriel has been our defined lone leader of this football team. So he uh, is very mindful of that, and I think that's important. All right, quick break. Uh, we'll, we'll kind of hustle through the top five stories of the day, but everything is going to be focused on uh, OU football at Big 12 Media Days. Steelman and Thune will be all over it. In fact, Parker is live in Arlington, and then uh, Teddy and Tyler to recap it all. Man, I I got pretty fired up listening to Teddy yesterday. He was talking about Billy Bowman and the challenges of the safety position and then looking ahead to guys like him and, and Key Lawrence and the improvement that you'll likely see from them heading into 2022. So uh, all-day coverage right here on the ref of Big 12 Media Day. And beyond just Oklahoma, Texas is going to be at the dais here shortly. will be very interesting to hear what Steve Sarkeesian has to say as we count down to year two on the 40 acres for the head coach of the Longhorns. It's a Plank Show. We're on the road at Cavens Construction right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is the Home of Sooner Fans. Typically, we have our Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. Uh, but with Coach Venable speaking with the media today and the players making their rounds, we're truly focused on OU football and Big 12 media days today. But we um, we do have the Open Championship taking place right now. Cameron Young is atop the leaderboard. He finished early this morning at 8-under. Rory McIlroy at 6-under. Tiger struggling. What was last check? Five over for Tiger Woods after another double bogey. So, He's in a tough spot right now to potentially make uh, the cut. Well, it might even be worse than that. Let me see. I think it's six over. Is is it six over now? So that's that's not good. Um, gosh, there there is another tragic story. Uh, the Oregon tight end that passed away, uh, Rashard Anderson, who was a first-round pick of the Carolina Panthers uh, in the 2000 NFL draft, passed away. He was 45 years old, so – uh, a couple of tragic notes from the sports world. Uh, and if you're still into the summer league, the Thunder won last night. I don't know, anything else I'm just missing out on Newcastle Casino headlines here from the sports world. No update on Deshaun Watson, right? No update on Deshaun Watson. There was some, some summer league action last night. I mean, did you take yeah. in any of Keegan Murray, Chet Holmgren, I thought was was exciting. I was really happy to see that they shut down Josh Giddy. Um, you know, Paulo Boncaro for Houston. They saw him a couple of times. And were like, or excuse me, for Orlando. They saw him for a couple of times. Like, all right, we're good here. <laughs> I think we're good to go. Um, 
obviously I felt like Oklahoma City felt the same way with Josh Giddy. It's just it had been a while since he was out on the court, so I was glad they shut him down. So I won't lie to you. I, I ended up not watching much of that last night, Josh. I was kind of mad at myself because I was wanting to watch a little bit of Keegan Murray because you know I'm real high on him, but any big takeaway from that that we need to get to in the Newcastle Casino Top 5? Oh, I think that we could safely say that Keegan Murray is a better NBA player than Chet Holmgren after one <laughs> summer league game last night. Nah, we're, I, I will say, we're dialed in, man, on Big 12 media okay, days. It's hard good, not good. to be. All right, I, I, I will add one more thing. I did find this interesting from Chris Mannix yesterday, right? And I, I know we've all heard the Chet Holmgren is skinny thing, right? A thousand times. But he took it like a step further. He's like, you, we've seen skinny. Kevin Durant came in and was skinny. Giannis came in and, and was very skinny. And his re, re, report from Summer League was Kevin Durant's a bodybuilder whenever he came in the league compared to Chet Holmgren. So, again, I don't care about that. You shouldn't care about that. But just some interesting perspective from guys who have covered the NBA for a while. I hope I hope we're out of tank mode, but I don't think Oklahoma City is quite yet. You know, Giddy's look good, Josh. Uh, get it? See what I did? I'm glad. I don't want to see him get hurt in summer league, so I'm glad they shut him down. That's been good. Oh, there was one other story we need to get to. You know what Sunday is, right? Sunday's the Major League Baseball draft. So we'll be watching intently for guys like Peyton Graham and obviously Cade Horton. But at some point tomorrow when we get done with our Big 12 Media Days recap, can we have a conversation about this story out of the high school ranks where the kid shut down his high school season to prepare for the draft? Did you see this? No. But, yeah. look, if I mean, if you're going to be a high draft pick, I know that's going to be unconventional and will ruffle some feathers. But, look, if there's millions of reasons to make that decision, there's millions of reasons mm. to make that decision. Mm. Preach. Um. Brent Venables was – all right, so we're good on everything. That, that kind of gets everyone caught up. There's your Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. All right, Brent Venables was asked – I apologize, this audio uh, is not the best, but I appreciate Dean Straka, uh, college football writer and more for 24-7 Sports, who, again, is verified with 2,700 followers. Meanwhile, I can't. I'm sorry, Mr. Plank. On one page, it didn't have your Twitter handle. So, yeah, we see that you're on national radio, and we see you're doing sidelines. But, no, let's get Dean Straka verified here. Anyway, thank you, Dean, for posting this. And it's going to be a little bit hard to listen to, but Brent Venables handled the question about Bedlam exactly how he thought he would. Oh, and I guess it would help if I actually have the uh, audio plug plugged in. Yeah, well, again, I'm not going to talk about the move, um, but I am focused on – winning the state, and it's an incredibly important game, um, uh, long history and tradition, over 100 years of playing Bedlam, and, um, and regardless of however the uh, the scores have been or uh, the success of one place or another, it's important, and um, from the foundational standpoint, you got to have some hate in the heart for your, for your rival, i got great respect uh, for Mike and the success and the, the program, their coaches, their players, they're obviously done a lot of things uh, really well. But uh, for us, um, when the time comes, that's a, that's a tremendous focus. But year-round in the state, it's important to so many people. And it brings a lot of joy uh, and a lot of heartache to a lot of people. And um, so it'll be a, a great focus for us and, um, and exciting to 
at the, the last week of the season that uh, we'll meet up again. So uh, that's my thoughts on all of that. About like we thought, right? He's not going to get caught up in the world of saying, well, this is how it should have been handled and this is what should have been done. Josh, his focus is going to be on the game. Hey, I care about the game. I'm not going to be too worried about the future and things of that nature. Let let Mike Gundy be the guy that talks about, well, it's over because of other people's decision. But, again, I don't necessarily know if that's something that's shared across that entire athletic department. No, and for Brent Venables, look – how does it serve him to get up in front of the microphones and cameras and say, you know, slam his fist on the dais, on the podium, and say, we need Bedlam to continue? Oklahoma doesn't need Bedlam to continue. I think Oklahoma initially at least would have liked Bedlam to continue, and maybe Oklahoma still would like Bedlam to continue. But, again, OU doesn't need Bedlam to continue for its future. Brent Venables, he's not really involved in that portion of the scheduling conversation for the University of Oklahoma, so it shouldn't be something that he's spending a lot of time concerning himself on. He should be concerned with, again, a lot of the other things we've discussed this morning, getting systems in place both offensively and defensively, continuing to recruit, which uh, Oklahoma has been doing at a very, very high level here since he took it over. So obviously he was going to get asked the question based on what uh, Mike Gundy had to say yesterday, but man, it's just, it's not going to be a big concern to Brent Venables. It's not. Um, Yeah. And, and I, yes, yes, I know. I just said it. The audio is trash, but it's as much as we can bring to you because I'm not standing right in front of him. My gosh, some of you people are babies. Basically what he said was, I'm not going to talk about it and the importance of Bedlam. He's like, listen, I'm not getting into the move. Say what they want. For me, it's important year-round to a lot of people. Um, It matters to a lot of people. A lot of of hate in your heart for your rival, but respect. And we'll just focus on when we play them. Which, again, is exactly how we thought he would and should handle it. Because in the end, nothing gets decided today, right? This is fun. Mike Gundy gave some talking points. And listen, if I'm an OSU fan, or or even as a college football fan, it's like, yeah, you tell him, Mike Gundy. But in the end, I, I think everyone wants Bedlam to continue. And... You know, some Oklahoma State fans are like, well, you know it's going to be the end of Bedlam. I'm like, no, okay. I'd hate that, but okay. It's like, you know, what's the – it was interesting for me because what's that cycle before a rival becomes meh, right? They Think about it. Nebraska and Oklahoma was huge, huge whenever it happened. And Nebraska and Oklahoma is going to be fun to go up there and return that trip because it, it brings a whole new generation – up to speed of what Nebraska and Oklahoma was all about. But, I mean, does that group of future ticket buyers, 12, 13, I mean, 14, 15-year-olds that, you know, 10 years from now, eight years from now are going to be in the heart of, you know, wanting to get in the door and and be ticket buyers? I mean, is it really going to resonate with them very much? I don't know. So a great point I heard the other day, everyone – Everyone gets caught up in the traditions and obviously the history of it, and I'm with them. But the tradition of Bedlam has been incredibly one-sided. And, you know, at what point 
does playing Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, I can stop anytime you want. At what point does it become, yeah, that's a pretty big deal, and you quickly forget about, oh, yeah, Oklahoma State, that football game was fun. I, because there's a, what, a decade? Not a long time when you're talking about the history where you turn it over. It's always going to be a big deal, I think. But to be at that level where it is right now, I mean, Nebraska, Nebraska and Oklahoma is a big deal, and it still is when they play each other. But now you've got people that – how long has Nebraska been in the Big Ten? Since, what, 11? Right? If not – it's actually 2010 was its last year. In the in the big in the Big Twelve, remember they played in the Big Twelve championship game in two thousand and ten, and then they went on. I mean, there's a whole generation that don't even remember when Nebraska was good. They've been terrible in the Big Ten. So, I mean, my my dad's, me, grandparents remember it, but for the most part, there's a whole generation that OU Nebraska is like okay, that team that's in the Big Ten. Guys, it doesn't take long for new things to develop and become a bigger deal. Look at professional sports. Look at, I mean, it's suddenly a team gets good and it's like, whoa, that's a hot rivalry in sports. It doesn't take long. And I don't think anyone wants to see that happen with Bedlam at their core. That's me. That's my old school mindset on it, I guess. Oh, wait, hold on. That's old school and new school hip, Josh, because it's talking about how quickly people can forget about the importance of a rivalry, even if it is within the state. It can happen. Well, OU fans aren't going to miss it all that much. They're not, because the SEC is going to week after week, save for a random Vanderbilt game here and there, it's going to deliver great matchups every single season you still have the matchup with texas you're getting a and m back you're adding in arkansas who i've touched on a number of times to me essentially works as perhaps an upgrade at least on the football side uh from a rivalry standpoint for oklahoma state i think it will develop into that but at its core it is a shame it is a shame to lose bedlam but hey when you make the decision to go to the sec this was something that was always inherently potentially on the table we saw it with Kansas and Missouri we've seen it with Texas and Texas A&M there were going to be hurt feelings and those hurt feelings I don't think go away plank until there's new leadership across the board in place at Oklahoma State probably this rivalry doesn't get played again anytime soon I don't see even necessarily a home and home type series as soon as maybe we've seen Oklahoma and Nebraska again unless there's new leadership and that to some degree is a disappointment but by and large Oklahoma fans they don't care yeah hey, what's the what's the one thing that Stephen A Smith has said that kind of resonates with me we don't care <laughs> we don't care i it just it's a major drawback from leaving the Big 12 but I'm sorry, you got to move on to the SEC. Speaking of that, oh, we got a break. There's some interesting buzz about Cal, uh, UCLA, and maybe some people trying to implode UCLA's move to the Big Ten. <laughs> it's kind of fascinating. Did UCLA go rogue, uh, and did they approve everything with the proper people before saying that they're doing this? That's going to be an interesting thing to follow. I mean, UCLA is part of a system. It's not – I we could really get in the weeds and describe it, but it's not like OU OSU where you can just leave a school. 
UCLA separating from Cal is, I mean, it's it's something. So anyway, a lot of buzz building about that. We'll see if there's any any bite to it. I mean, listen, UCLA's poor. You got people that want to try to say, well, I heard Oklahoma doesn't have any money. That's what I heard. These are the same people that are guaranteeing you that Arizona and Arizona State are going to be in the in the Big Twelve uh, a week ago, and it's you know it's not happening. It's not happening this year. Could happen in the future, but it's not happening yesterday or tomorrow. But you want to talk about someone who is really poor? That's UCLA. They're struggling, and I think that anyone that's like, "How dare you leave us?" I think all you have to do is is show them the. Um, Show them your financials, and they're like, ah, yeah, kind of get this. All right, go ahead and make that move. You're good. <laughs> but fascinating times just getting started in the world of conference realignment. All right, quick break. Bill comes back. What have we heard from the players so far? What's caught our ear from the OU players who have made the track to Big 12 Media Day? We'll dive into it next with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. This is The Ref. Oh, we don't, I, wow, we only have two more segments left. We spend our Thursdays at Cavens Construction with Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. Uh, it's been a busy day of Big 12 Media Day. Parker is representing the station. Uh, you and I saw a little Pierce, Leffenholtz, Leffenholtz TV work last night. I was impressed. You, I didn't even know who that was when you sent it to me. It's like, is that Pierce? He always t t-shirt, ball cap, and there he is in a polo holding the mic. Hair is coiffed perfectly. I was, I was envious. He's looking good. I was a little bit so, disappointed that he got the Kansas Jayhawks VO assignment. It's like, come on, guys. That's right. He better He's get like, some oh, OU stuff nightly. today. We need some stuff we can play on air, not Kansas. It's like, your responsibility today, Pierce, is Kansas. You're like, so excited to go to Big 12 Media Days as a student. And then you get there, and it's like, okay, your responsibility is Kansas. It's like, oh, okay. But Pierce will be back with us tomorrow. He's our representative getting us all the inside score stories from Big 12 Media Day. But I'm fascinated. I'm intrigued. I'm excited um, about what we're going to learn the rest of the day. Here, I saw – Eric Bailey had transcribed these numbers from Brent's meeting with the media. 40% of the roster, 33 scholarships, 15 walk-ons, have never worn a Sooner uniform today. 15 transfers with 244 games played among them. Six back on offense, six on defense, 50% 50% of those are juniors and seniors with 13 graduate students. So well, you can name the six off the top of your head on, on each probably that are back. But it was it was really cool. It was really cool to kind of get into those numbers. And when we talk about a lack of experience, that kind of magnifies it, right, when you think that just a little under half of the roster – has never worn a Sooner uniform. But Josh, it also instills some confidence whenever you see that of those 15 transfers, and among them that we'll see a lot, the Johnson Luala, Luala kid, Lulu kid, Tyson Laulu, um, Dylan Gabriel, and T.D. Young, just off the top of my head, are going to be guys that we'll be seeing a lot of. So that's 15 of the 15 transfers. There's four off the top of my head right there. 244 games played among them. So Trey Morrison, might, I think, will be an important. Yeah, thank you, Morrison. Yeah, 
that Morrison kid. But, you know, you might sit back and think, oh, gosh, look at when you start comparing across the conference starters lost to the draft or the portal or whatever, and then starters gained, it's a pretty good balance for Oklahoma right now. It really, truly is. So I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I really am. You have any interest in hearing some Matt Campbell? What's that, Josh? Say it again. <laughs> did you did you drop your headset? No, no. Chris has got to come on here. Before, and I wanted to get him on before the break. But well, what was that you said? I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, I, I said, do you have any interest in some Matt Campbell before we get out of here? Yeah, you know what? Let's let's do this because he's at the dais right now, right? Is he speaking to the media? He is. Okay, let's get our buddy Chris in here from Cavens Construction uh, to put a wrap on promoting up everything going on here at Cavens. And then we'll get uh, Coach Campbell right after uh, we get back from the break. A little hot out there for you, Chris. A little bit. But as you said, from from the roofing side of things for Cavens Construction, we've talked about the maintenance, we've talked about the community involvement and everything. Uh, Most of that work is done in the morning, right? And so you guys are out there grinding. What has that challenge been like to battle the heat but also super serve your customers? Uh, It's it's hot out there. It's tough. Uh, So, you know, we do it uh, early in the morning, and it just takes a couple more days. But, uh, you know, everything doesn't scar the the shingles, and they get so hot, you know, you can't even step on them without, you know, Mm. messing them up. So uh, in the morning they're fine. Uh, Everything's great. And then in the afternoon we do, I mean, we still do, we still have a lot of work we're doing with uh, replacing fences, replacing siding, replacing windows and all that good stuff that, you know, you can do it, you know, anytime. So there's just a lot of work we're, we're doing and getting people fixed up and, and uh, just uh, just uh, going right along down the road. Um Right now, in the heat, we're not seeing a lot of rain, so you can't find leaks right. <laughs> or anything in your roof. But what are you looking for if you think you might have some roofing problems right now? What What are some things you can see? Uh, like, you know, it was windy a couple of weeks ago. Had some big wind. A uh, lot of calls for, you know, the limbs hit their hit the uh, the shingles and, and just, you know, doing repair like that and just checking them out. Uh if you got a limb that's stuck in your roof, you, you, you know, you, you better get it, you know, taken care of sooner than later and and uh but all that's free you know we go up there and check it out and, and take pictures and show them what they got up there and, and uh, get at least get you know get on it and get it fixed up you mentioned it from start to finish so if you have an issue right away uh you get in touch with the insurance and it's been you know you know what to do you, yeah. you've done this for years so you can take that pain out of this process for exactly you. and we can explain to the the homeowner too what's going on uh you know exactly what they're they're uh Bit sheet is if you know a lot of times they're not clear on things and they they don't know what, what they're really ending up with. Uh, we take the time to go over everything. If they have questions, we're here to help. So we're always here to help. So if they have any questions, I mean, uh, we get them answered and, and let them know what's going on. Yeah. What um and again, as you've talked about many times, you know, you take the pain out of this process for a lot of people because it's not easy, but. There are some easy things you can do. I've talked to you a lot. Re- guttering issues. You might you might want to take care of cleaning out your gutters or getting all – not cleaning out, excuse me, getting all new gutters. You have a lot of different options to where you can collect that rainwater. It can be used on your plants. There's a right. lot of different things you can do. And there's there's other things, too. Uh, we can do a – it's really just a maintenance. And what it does, it, it's a tune-up just to make sure the, the gutters are flowing right and there's water not sitting there. And then when it rains, you know, when the rain comes in, when in the raining season, it goes in and backs up and then it starts rotting the, the bottom soffit of your house. So, uh, you know, they can 
have hell damage on them if they're just if they're lined up right they will flow right and then you're not going to have any problems too so uh, that's something to think about everybody thinks that you know gutters are going to be super expensive and and uh but if they're tuned up and and they're flowing right you're in good shape Good stuff. And, by the way, people can pick up the phone and call you um, right here at Cavens Construction. Or there's a really cool link on the website where uh, right at the top at CavensConstruction.com you can click roofing and you can see some places that you've worked before. Exactly, exactly. And, and, uh, yeah, please please go take a look. Uh, We're doing a lot of good things, and uh, we do a great job. 405-573-3048. Thanks, Chris. All right, thank you, buddy. All right, man, good to see you. That's Chris from here at Cavens. We'll take a a quick break. We'll come back and try to hear from Matt Campbell before we get out of here. A few minutes left in the show, but obviously tons of information still to share. Uh, Brent Venables, as we expected, didn't really get into the OU-OSU future of Bedlam like Mike Gundy did, but he did say, hey, we're just focused on on the game at the end of the season. The numbers have been jaw-dropping with what Oklahoma has coming uh, in in transfers, 15 transfers, 244 games played among them, but still 40% of that roster has never worn a Sooner uniform. Hoping to wrap things up with Matt Campbell next on the Plank Show. This is a really, really good point off the Air Comfort Solutions text line to wrap things up. We uh, Matt Campbell wrapped while we were in a break, so my bad. I wanted to make sure we were able to spread the word on what Cavens is doing roofing-wise with Chris. Uh, CavensConstruction.com. appreciate Gary for having us out here on a Thursday. But this is a good text to wrap things up, Josh. The 40% number will get a lot of talk. It's actually extremely common every season in most schools. 85 players, and with graduation, eligibility runs out, injuries, and transfers. Most every team has this every year. He's right. He's right. I, I would bet that number is about the same across the league. Now, Obviously, Oklahoma has a new coach, so oh yeah, all these tra- everyone thinks all these transfers. Whenever you know it's you, Caleb Williams and, and Mario Williams, and much more Caleb than Mario. But Josh, that forty percent number that seems fairly common for the amount of people that are new in a uniform. Now maybe maybe they've worn a uniform before, so that number might be lower because they've been a walk on and got to suit up for a game, or they were a freshman that redshirted and suited up for a game. But I feel like that number is. Probably pretty normal. Agreed. Agreed. That would be – I mean, there's just going to be turnover in college yeah. football everywhere. Yeah. The, the interesting number was the amount of games played right. that Brent Venables shared with the transfers. There's a lot of experience in the transfer additions that Oklahoma has made, and I don't think that's by any stretch of the imagination a bad thing. I think that's good for Oklahoma. They went and – found guys in the transfer portal that they thought could plug some immediate gaps. And really, Mm -hmm. that's the day and age in college football that we live in. With the transfer portal the way that it is right now, that's the norm in college football. That's how you remain at the top. You you go find a Trey Morris and you, you know, quarterback Dylan Gabriel, that's the no-brainer. But you get the Laulas, you get the Jeffrey Johnsons, and you don't miss a beat with the McCabe Mataller. So the amount of games played of those transfers is – Pivotal for this OU team. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, I guess, well, I I don't guess. Stick around because we've got you covered all day long with Big 12 Media Day coverage specifically and focused on the University of Oklahoma. And you'll hear from Dylan Gabriel, Marvin Mims. You'll hear from Ethan Downs. I don't know if Justin Broyles is doing a lot of interviews, 
but he's with the team and obviously a ton of Brent Venables throughout the day. So stick around. Steel Man and Thune are coming up next. Thanks to the crew at Cavens for having us out. We're back in studio tomorrow with the Plank Show right here on The Ref.